Let's be honest, few humans enjoy meetings and many feel trapped in meetings. As leaders, we don't want to burden those we lead, but meetings can seem to do that more often than not. We wanted to address the pain of meetings through the Meetings with Saints library. Here we have 15 plus presentations dedicated to improving the meetings we run. We have experts in the field addressing topics like getting people involved in meetings, staying on task, dealing with conflict in meetings, and a ton more. We'd love you to explore the full Meetings with Saints library over 14 days at no cost to you. You can do this by visiting leadingsaints.org 14. That's leadingsaints.org 14. We'll also give you access to all of our virtual libraries that educate about other leadership topics. It's really good stuff. So visit leadingsaints.org 14 or click the link in the show notes. So my name is Kurt Frankum, and I am the founder and executive director of Leading Saints and obviously the host of the Leading Saints podcast. Now, I started Leading Saints back in 2010. It was just a hobby blog, and it grew from there. By the time uh, 2014 came around, we started the podcast, and that's really when it got some uh, traction and took off. Uh, 2016, we became a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we've been growing ever since. And now I get the opportunity of an of interviewing and talking with remarkable people all over the world. Now, this is a segment we do on the Leading Saints podcast called How I Lead. And we reach out to everyday leaders. They're not experts, gurus, authors, PhDs. They're just everyday leaders who've been asked to serve in a specific leadership calling. And we simply ask them, how is it that you lead? And they go through some remarkable principles that should be in a book, that should be behind a PhD. They're, uh, they're usually that good. And uh, we just talk about uh, sharing what the other guy's doing. And I remember being a leader, just simply wanting to know, okay, I know what I'm trying to do, but what's the other guy doing? What's working for him? And so that's why every Wednesday or so, we publish these How I Lead segments to share. Skylar Drubay, welcome to the Leading Saints podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Nice. Well, uh, we're jumping into your, uh, we're focusing on Elders Quorum Secretary. How many times have you had this gig? Just the one time. I've nice. been a, I guess I was a priest quorum secretary when I was younger, and then <laughs> Elders Quorum Secretary just the one time. And I get to see quite a few secretaries in the current calling I have right now, working with different organizations. And so, you know, secretaries in many different classes, quorums, it yeah. comes in different shapes and sizes. But I thought elders quorum secretary was the greatest calling in the church. And I advertised wow. that big time when I was in that calling. I was like, you know what, just right here is where we need to be. Just leave me in here as many elders quorum presidents as you want. But they did not do that. So what? Uh, what's your current calling? Serve as a bishopric counselor. Oh, cool. Great. And uh, so why is Elders Quorum Secretary the best calling in the church? Well, 
I, that's, that's a good question. So what I would say at the time was I would jokingly say with others is I take notes and I make phone calls and that's it. You know, that's my job. It's super easy. You know, when I show up on Sunday, I just get to be there. I get to be in the meetings. I get to be in the, in the, with everyone, you know, I could, at the time I could help in nursery when my daughters were young, if needed. And so it was just felt like the easiest gig and making the phone calls was easy. Setting up the appointments was no, no problem. I just really enjoyed the interaction with the, with the elders and the, the men in the ward. So cool. I, there's probably a lot of reasons, but yeah. Well, and we'll dive into some of those here as we break down some of these principles you sent uh, uh, sent me. And you're currently living in Lehigh, Utah, so pretty saturated, traditional uh, area of, of the church. Anything you'd add to uh, anything we need to know to better understand the dynamics of your ward or your elders quorum? No, I think you've stated it well. It's it's in Utah County, right there, the north end of Happy Valley, <laughs> and me being raised in Utah my whole life, that's kind of been my life. So awesome. yeah, it, uh, it's very, very Utah ward, I would say where we're at. And how long did you serve as the elders quorum secretary? That I, I, a year and a half, two years. I okay. don't remember exactly. We, uh, I was in the, I was counselor in the elders quorum and then we all got released from the pulpit and our president got recalled. Uh, but he asked me to be a sec- secretary on the second time round. So three years in the elders quorum presidency, but I don't remember at what point that broke up from yeah. being a counselor to being the secretary. And is there any specific story behind when you were called or um, how maybe just explain how you be- approached this calling? Sure. When our elders quorum president, when he first got called, I didn't know him very well at the time. And he called me to be his counselor. So we got to know each other a little bit. And then we got released. We hadn't been in too long. And so I was kind of expecting it would just be the same presidency all over. But he changed the people that were in there. And, uh, you know, he came to my house and asked me to be his secretary after he called his counselors. And nothing felt like it was out of the ordinary in the way that developed. But perhaps from our interactions of already serving together led to mm-hmm. why he called me to be in there. And then he actually ended up being called as bishop and he, and, uh, you know, quote unquote, he took me with him, <laughs> I guess you could say. And, uh, and I didn't know that at the time we had our elders quorum presidency meeting that morning. And I was like, Hey, uh, here are all the notes. And like, here's like all these documents you're going to need FYI, just in case. And not knowing that he knew that, well, yeah, we're both going to be in the bishopric soon. So we've got some work to do to reorganize the elders quorum. So, <laughs> yeah. Nice. And you mentioned before you hit record that you had an experience as a youth with uh, with an executive secretary that sort of influenced your, your time as a secretary. Yeah. So this was kind of fun. I thought it was a neat story that related to the calling of a secretary in general. Because uh, some of my thoughts, I feel like, of course, their elders quorum is what starts it all out. And it's what I'll refer to a lot. But these points refer to a secretary in general. So when I was a priest, I grew up in... Uh, I was telling you before I grew up in Grantsville, but then we moved to Alpine. And so we were living in Alpine. I was a priest quorum secretary. I don't remember anything of what I did in that presidency. And it was just being probably a typical teenager. But the executive secretary at the time, his name was Eric Farr. At least I think he was the executive secretary. It makes sense from what I remember of this story. But he was going to be out of town for a while. 
And so he called me, we were friends with Eric Farr. I knew him. We had ridden some motorcycles together and he says, I'm going to be gone. Will you cover for me in ward council meetings? And I'm like, well, I don't even know what ward council is, but you know, I've, I like Eric, you're my friend. Like, okay, tell me what to do. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, go take notes. And then here's what you got to do with the notes when you're done so that you can take the notes back. So everyone remembers what you talked about in the last ward council. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds easy enough. So I, I go to ward council. I'm sure that, you know, he probably talked to Bishop to approve this before, right? I assume that the executive secretary wasn't just like, I'm just going to ask whoever to cover for me. <laughs> and and how old were you again? Oh, I, 17, okay. maybe. So an older yeah. youth. I'm, I'm like, a priest. Yeah. You knew I'm how to read at least. His reasoning was like, well, the next person down in terms of secretaries is you. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) sure. (laughs) So I go to ward council. I sit in the corner just quietly. And I'm just like, all right, he said, take notes. I can take notes. So I wrote it down as much as I could. And then I I went home. And sometime during the week, I think I may have even called or texted Eric and was just like, what'd you tell me to do again? Like, I've got all these notes. What the heck do I do with them? Well, you know, type them up. And so I put them in Word, typed them up, organized them. And then when the next ward council meeting came about, I went and I passed out all these notes that I printed out, like he told me to do. And then I sat down in my corner and I took notes again. And then Eric came back from vacation or wherever he was. I handed him the notes and said, Hey, I did what you wanted me to do. Uh, I hope it was helpful. So fast forward a few years later, I'm serving on my mission and I hear about a church leadership video that was produced by the church. And it has the priests from my ward, my home ward in it. And I'm like, what is this all about? And as it was explained to me, was that at the time, these notes, Bishop was like, whoa, like our priest just took these notes. He takes the notes, hands them to the stake president and says, hey, well, look at what one of my priests did. And I guess the stake president handed it to the church and the church was like, well, let's go do a training video with this ward or something like that. That led to this oh my goodness. all credit, you know, all credit be to Eric Farr who did this, right? I was literally just the priest who didn't do anything except take notes. And what I think was really neat that resulted from that was first off the way that Eric approached it, it was a neat way for him to think, you know, how can I do something that's a little outside of the box here? But it, it led to instilling some principles within me that then I'm on my mission. I'm like, wait a minute, what did I do as a priest that was worth them coming and making this video and help me kind of get a little bit of a, a rooting of, geez, you know, we can, there's some things here we can do within our callings that are important and that mean something apparently because they felt to come and investigate a little further as to what was going on. So I thought that was a pretty neat thing that he did. And, and again, I, th- I think, you know, people should listen to this and just think Eric Farr is a great guy. And, you know, Skyler, myself, was just in the right place at the right time when he wanted to to help yeah. some people around him. Awesome. Shout out to Eric. What a what a great I, mentorship, you know, mentor moment there. And I remember when I was a priest, maybe I was even younger, but the, it was like every year they would do this thing where you would shadow a certain calling, like the youth would shadow certain callings. I remember I okay. shadowed like the high priest group uh, teacher or something. And so it was on me to like teach high priests for, for one week and, and it didn't go well, but nonetheless, that's what I did. Um, but none, I, I think it's really good, like that we expose even youth to some of these like functions behind the scenes that are happening. Right. Like you said, yeah, I didn't even know what Absolutely. a council was. 
but walking away from that, like, oh, this is interesting. Like I see who's here and how they meet. And, you know, again, that doesn't have to be every week, but to just uh, inv- invite, you know, especially youth to peek behind the curtain and say, you know, this is how a church functions. And these are the type of these are how decisions are made. And then, you know, like the place you're in, you can reflect back and it'll influence you for good and help you better understand how the church runs. Yeah. And to know that the youth can do it well, right? Yeah. The fact that the bishop's like, this is just as good as if my executive secretary was here, my adult, right? Uh-huh. There's a lot more that I'm sure Eric did as an executive secretary, but they can do a darn good job. And it's not just a learning opportunity for them. Like they, they can be involved and they can have that impact. That's like, wow, you're bringing a lot to the table here and we need this. Mm-hmm. And then was born the uh, Skyler, the secretary, right? The, you are ready for there these future callings. Sure. And so, so flashing forward to the 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 time as the elder quorum secretary, how did you approach that? Did you go to the handbook? Did you just ask the president what he wanted? I mean, what were the what do you remember from that beginning? Uh, those beginning uh, steps to get things in motion. Yeah, sure. That's a good question. I don't think that there was a formal way that I necessarily approached it. I do remember at the time that the president called me, I actually shared this experience with him about uh, how the executive, executive secretary interacted with me as a priest quorum secretary and gave me this unique experience that instilled in me an idea here. But it, it was through counseling with the president. I remember specifically after one of our first presidency meetings, he was like, hey, uh, some of the stuff that we're talking about can you be like writing that down? Can you be doing these things so that we can focus on some of the other items? I said, Oh, sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I was missing something there. I did look in the handbook for some guidance there, but what led to some of these points and you had asked me to jot down a few bullet points, which I appreciated because it, it helped me kind of organize how we did approach this was more about, I thought based on what I read in the handbook, my job's to help enable the presidency to go out and do their thing. So each ward's going to be different. I live in a very, like I mentioned, it's a Utah ward. And even across the nation, maybe there's some different dynamics, certainly across the world, technology-wise, and some of the differences of how they serve is going to differ. But ended up coming up with a few points of, here's how I can enable my presidency to focus on ministering and focusing on what the Spirit's telling them. And I'll try and capture everything else. It's essentially say, let me pave this road of all the clerical and administrative stuff. And you guys go out and serve on this road that I'm going to try and help maintain for you is, is kind of the way I approached it. Nice. Love it. And so j- just tell me about like uh, church church leadership, because, you know, as, as we talk here at Leading Saints, we are generally focused on more... Um, higher level, like leadership, uh, cultural developing traits, right? That they're going to unify a group of individuals, but the admin part is still important. And that's where a secretary can really step in and make a difference. So how did you do that? Sure. Yeah. Admin work and clerical work is very involved in church leadership, right? And I would say for the most part, when we're just going to church, we're unaware of all those little steps that come about and the different assignments that are made. Think of all the different assignments that are made to make sacrament meeting happen, Kurt. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on our Christmas meeting that we had just recently, five minutes before we found out our organist wasn't going to show up for 15 minutes. And we're like, 
you know, your whole world gets rocked. You're like, this just happens. <laughs> and, and getting the hymns up there and making sure your speakers show up and making sure the young men are doing like, there's just a lot to me even make that meeting happen. And so there is a lot of admin and clerical work, but a lot of those procedures and things that we do, they are, uh, they help provide stability to unlock some of the spiritual power that we have access to. And so one of the first points I thought was really important is that as a secretary, you should be handling a lot of that administrative work. It even says in the gospel library app, you know, if you navigate to where it talks about your calling and if you go into, for example, like I mentioned, the elders quorum secretary, it says you have been called to the work of the Lord in supporting the elders quorum presidency as they preside over the elders quorum. So I, I read that as they have a job to do in presiding and I'm going to support them in their efforts. So how do I make sure they have time to focus on that? It also says to work with the elders quorum president to oversee the records, reports, and finances of the quorum. And all these different little clerical things, taking role, uh, making sure that your budget is good. You don't have a lot of budget when you're in elders quorum, right? That's probably <laughs> the lament yep. of every elders quorum president, right? We need to run an activity and do fathers and sons campouts, and we only have very limited dollars to do it. You know, I heard a quote that I thought was really neat, and this is going to be me paraphrasing a paraphrase of, so, you know, take it with a grain <laughs> of salt if you must. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast. It was the Follow Him podcast, which is quite popular yeah. here in Utah right now. And yeah. it was Anthony Sweat talking to John, by the way, and Hank Smith. And I remember Dr. Sweat was saying how his current, it was calling or um, role he had at BYU or something like that. There was someone in church leadership who asked him, hey, what, what do you do? What's your job? And he said something to the effect of, well, I do this, but, you know, I just spend most of my time dealing in administrivia. He kind of saying like, you know, this is administrative stuff. It's not that mm. it's not that important. And he said this church leader got pretty serious with him for a moment and said, never underestimate the spiritual power of doing temporal things well. And then Dr. Sweat went on to expound about how that really impacted him at the time. But I loved when he said that. I thought that is so neat that there's spiritual power that comes when we do our other responsibilities well and being able to eliminate the other physical temporal burdens of life. If we can mitigate those, then it opens the gates more for spirit, more spiritual power. And so I think as a secretary, if you can handle those things and make it so that when they're in a presidency meeting, they're not like, Oh yeah, we got to, can someone take the role? Can someone do these things? Well, the focus should be on how is the elders quorum going to minister? How are they going to take care of the brethren in the ward and the Relief Society? How can they take care of the sisters' ward and the deacons quorum? How can we focus on making sure our deacons quorum members feel loved and that they're involved in their activities rather than focusing on the clerical side of it? And as a secretary, I think if you can tackle that, you're bringing spiritual power to your presidency by making sure those things are handled and that the presidency can count on, oh, my secretary is going to handle this. So Instead, how can I serve more? How can I be more involved in how I'm going to support these people in our ward? Yeah. You mentioned as far as taking notes, and this is an interesting dynamic because I know that, you know, it doesn't sound overly fun uh, to take notes in a meeting. And so it can often be dismissed or, you know, hey, we sort of remember what we talked about and what we said and the assignments that were made. Um, but what, what guidance would you give for taking notes? And I think the taking notes part of being a secretary is like the most important thing. Of course, handing this admin work is important, but let me give an example here of how I've related this. And in my current calling, I've called secretaries, both in youth and adult um, 
quorums. And I think that if you look in the scriptures, let's say, for example, King Benjamin in the Book of Mormon, he gives this amazing three-chapter discourse, and we refer to that a lot in the church. But who was writing it down? It wasn't King Benjamin. He was up there giving the speech. And it even says in there that others were writing it down so they could give it to the people who couldn't hear. Someone was being a secretary for him. And think about Alma. Think about some of these other people, uh, maybe even the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and the apostles of those times. I think they were a lot busier. Even though those times were more primitive, they were busy. And I don't think they had the time to write everything down. I think they had a secretary who was writing it down. And as a result, the secretary is taking notes. And those notes are now what? Well, they're scriptures that we read. And as a result, what I think we have here is that we have presidents who are called, and we emphasize to them, you're acting under the authority of keys. You're called by divine inspiration. You're going to get revelation in your meetings. Well, then the things that are happening in those meetings, revelation is happening. And maybe not all of it. I mean, we have a good time in our meetings. and But you don't know exactly what the revelation is. And as your presidency is going back and forth discussing things, you should be taking notes like crazy, writing, typing. I typed. I don't like to write. Because revelation is in there, and it's mm-hmm. revelation specific to your class or quorum. And so, yes, you're a note taker, but let's say you're actually a revelation recorder. And after the meeting, organize that. You've got all these notes. Say, hey, here are the action items that I heard being made. President, you're going to do this. Counselor so-and-so, you're going to do this. Organize it by, and we talked about these things on the schedules. However you're going to organize it. And email that out or give everyone a copy afterwards that says, FYI, here's what happened. You know, in my current calling, I'm, I'm not the note taker, but we do a lot of discussion in Bishopric. And boy, those notes are super helpful because it's oftentimes you're going, you know, we talked about something or I had an assignment given to me. I, I actually didn't write it down. I don't remember. I jump into the notes to find out what was there. And as you, you know, retrospect is often a little more 2020 you're able to look back and go, wow, look at what revelation was given to us here. And because we acted on that and we did something there, there was a real positive influence that came from that. And so, you know, note taking, you're, you're recording revelation and who knows what of that might be scripture for someone moving forward in the future. All the apostles right now, they all have secretaries, right? Yep. They're all <laughs> busy organizing things for them. You got a big job and it's super important. And if someone says, well, you're a note taker, you should be really proud of the notes that you're going to be recording because there are going to be some great stuff hidden in there. Yeah. Whether you know lo- it or not, there's great stuff. I, I love the backdrop of, of scriptural accounts, you know, and, and looking up where records are met, mentioned in, in the scriptures because you're right. I mean, we take them for granted, like, well, there they are, you know, <laughs> we don't consider how they're written down and, and who and and that that was probably a lot of work, you know, in in those times rather than today where you can even, oh, sure. you know, it's just a yeah. lot easier, a lot more tools and whatnot. So I'm typing on my MacBook. They were chiseling into, I don't know, what were they? I don't know how, <laughs> yeah, they whatever it was. It, yeah. It sounds hard, but uh, yeah. you know, it says in that, uh, that same, your calling as elders quorum secretary, it says keeping church, re- church records is a scriptural mandate. Mm. And so it's a, uh, you got a big job. Yeah. Don't That's sleep on one. it. Awesome. So 
anything else as far as with like organizing the notes or organizing revelation so that it's easier to, um, you know, recall or, or, uh, review. You know, just probably going a little bit further that you're organizing the notes, but also organize all the stuff you use. Probably Mm -hmm. a lot of us now are using something like a Google drive to organize our stuff. We've got spreadsheets and some Google docs and other things and take the lead on keeping that organized. It's nice with attendance now. You don't even have to go down on a piece of paper, right? You can pull out the uh, the tools app and you can just take it on there and the secretaries are, have access to that and take the lead on that. You know, make sure that's accurate. I remember when we were looking at some of our reports and some of the attendance reports specifically, I'm like, this isn't accurate because I know these guys were here, but they didn't mark it off. Well, why? Because we were just passing it around in the <laughs> primary, like, you know, mark it off if you're here, right? I'm like, what good's the report if it's not accurate, President? Like, we can't make decisions off of information that's not not precise here. So I was like, I, I had an advantage. I've been in the ward like four years. I pretty much knew everyone that was coming. So during elders quorum, I stood up and I went walking around. I'm peeking through windows. Who's there? Who's there? All right. You know, brother, they're here. I'm checking it off so that when he's like, where's our attendance report? I'm like, it's right here. And it's right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know, we can use this information. And I wanted to make sure that if that's one of my jobs, if I'm supposed to do things like prepare an agenda, take attendance, these things, I'm like, I want it to be organized so that when the president says, gosh, you know, hey, we talked about this. What was that again? I'm like, I felt like that's my job. Here it is. It's right here. It's in this file, you know, or, you know, you guys keep talking. I'll find it. I don't know where it is, but I think I know how I'm going to look for it. You know, be yeah. the the organizer of that type of stuff. And uh, I've heard this before of like, you know, some secretaries say, you know, oh, I help keep the presidency organized. And, and maybe that's said jokingly, but yeah, for reals, you know, let's do that. Let's make sure that we have that stuff accessible and, and ready to go. You know, one of our deacons quorum secretaries we had, I think it was last year, he just had a revolving notebook. And every time he came to a presidency meeting, he just flipped over to a new page and we're like, hey, uh, Caleb, what did we talk about last time? You flip over to his old page, it's just pen and, you know, pencil, pencil and paper. And he'd be like, well, we talked about this. I'm like, that's super helpful. You know, thank you for having a notebook. You're organized in whatever way works for you. So yeah, organization, however you can do it, the notes, the the documents, all that stuff. You know, with the role is it's true. It's often gets just passed around maybe in a, you know, during the, the lesson and whatnot. And, you know, some people could interpret it like, oh, no, am I signing up, you know, help with the next move or something like I'm, I'm going to just pass this by as quickly as possible. But you also, you know, a lot of times you just record those that are in the room where there's several elders in primary or young men's or, you know, and and you got to account for those. And because that's how things or people fall through the cracks and you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Got to got to get the group that's in the hallway yeah. having the discussion about the latest sports game, too. Yeah, they're <laughs> <That's> there. <laughs> that's right. Any tips or tricks that you'd give as far as like, you know, what you're actually capturing? Uh, we've got a great, uh, I believe it, we'll, we'll link to it It's somewhere. But we did a whole uh, someone did a great presentation on. Uh, keeping minutes of meetings and how to actually do that. I mean, there is a way to do that, but is there, I mean, what, how do you go about it? How do you make sure that you're recording the right things or, and obviously, you know, if there's an assignment made, you probably want to jot that down, but anything else? You mean in the presidency meeting is. Yeah. When you're actually in the act of taking notes. Yeah. Sure. You know, that's not anything I have any training in, but 
you find a template that works for you and, and you roll with it. So I, I changed it over time. I think it started out as just, well, I'll just start recording some bullet points. And when I feel like a new point is, you know, hit the energy mm-hmm. and start a new bullet point. But eventually it ended up being, well, I've got a section for here's when an action item set, I'm going to type it in there. And here's when we talk about how we're organizing our ministering assignments. Maybe I'll put it here. Whatever it was that helped my job be easier so that when I was reviewing it later, because I knew I might miss some stuff. So maybe I'm kind of typing things that are just like, if I type it like this, I'll at least remember what we talked about, even though I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, not able to type as fast as we're able to talk. Yeah. So no, I, I just, I am a very organized person, you know, so you, you, you make a template and you roll with it and, Yeah, And and like you said, it's going to evolve over time. And especially as you sort of get a feel for what the president or the presidency is looking for from you, you know, what the notes they need or what they're constantly trying to recall and whatnot. So it'll it'll just evolve. So that's helpful. Um, Tell me about uh, setting up interviews and appointments, especially in the, in these days of, you know, uh, ministering interviews, that's something that to stay on top of. How did, how did you go about that? This is probably the the harder part of being a secretary, although I mentioned that I had this advantage of I knew the people in the ward. So it was less intimidating for me to call people and set up appointments because I could call them and I'd have some sort of like small talk banter with them, right? Of like, hey, what are you cooking today? You know, I, you know, I know this person likes to smoke meat and, and we'd have that conversation. Oh, by the way, I need to line up a ministering interview for you, you know, this week. <laughs> The Uh the way I approached it really, though, was I have a commute and what else am I doing on that commute? So during my commute before, like during the week, I just jot down a list of here's the people I need to. And on my drive, I would call them and see if I could get an appointment with them. I found out there's only a handful of people I could text because just people don't respond to texts if they don't really need to. And most of the time I had to call people. The biggest thing that I think was helpful here, because it wasn't the easiest thing. However, I feel like it helped a lot because getting the ministering interviews, doing them is not that hard, but getting them lined up is time consuming. And again, it was just another one of those things that if the president and his counselors had to do it, it took time away from the time they were allocating each week to actually serve and to minister. So I thought this was a way I could help. So I would, uh, I'd catch him at church. You know, I, I would walk around and I'd say, Hey, you know, so-and-so you're here teaching primary. Can I spug you really quick? I need to do a ministry interview. When are you available? Cause it's just hard to get a hold of people. Sometimes I also have the advantage of, I have a 10 year old daughter currently back then she was six or seven who has no social fear or <laughs> much concept of bubbles. And I would go approach some people we hadn't seen in a while and I'd knock on their door and I could count on my seven-year-old seeing their dog or something inside, and she'd run inside, and all of a sudden, we're going to have a conversation for a little bit because my little girl's yeah. in your house, and I'm going to talk to you about maybe oh, hey, I want to tactic. All right. line up an appointment for you. So she was kind of my my little ministering buddy of uh, helping me break down some some walls. But it, it was a tough thing, and we actually ended up calling a second secretary to assist with this uh, because I was kind of handling the president mostly and was doing the counselors as needed. And so we called another person to handle the counselors as well and kind of help divvy up that work. It took some time, but again, 
what a, a big thing that you can, I just can't stress enough that idea that the president and counselors, they have keys, you know, they're working on the authority keys. They have an assignment to minister and their call and doing these ministering interviews. It's very important that they have time that they feel like they have that time to meet with these people. And so that was just a way that, like I mentioned, my job was to take notes and make phone calls. I didn't have to make time to go have a 30 minute meeting with someone I needed to spend 30 minutes making appointments. And if I could make three or four appointments in that time, I was very productive for the presidency to have that. So just did what I could. I wasn't afraid to make the phone call. It was, you know, it was a unique strength that maybe I had. And I just tried to play to it. I know that's something that could be very challenging for someone though, right? If someone's getting called to be a secretary and it's like, hey, you're going to have to make all these appointments. That, that can be an uncomfortable thing. So maybe they handle it differently in whatever way works for them. I, I'm not sure, but. I felt that that allowed us to continue to move the work forward in whatever way we could if, if I helped in that way. Yeah. yeah well, that, that perspective was really helped, helpful. Just understanding how you do it, not that it's the right way or the only way, but uh, you know, you made progress there. So anything else, Skyler, any point principle being an elders quorum secretary that we, uh, we didn't hit on that you want to make sure we, we uh, talk about before we wrap up. The reason I, I reached out that just thought, you know, I felt like we did do a lot of good in the elders quorum in the time that we were in there. And I enjoyed the calling and I enjoyed being busy in my calling. And I was really fascinated when I was in there, just trying to do what I could to make sure they could focus on their calling. And so, no, I don't have any additional points to, to what we've done, but we just hope to impress upon those who are secretaries or get called as secretaries to just not underestimate what the position of a secretary is uh, because so much of what we have today is because of the work of secretaries. And if it wasn't for people who are willing to take the time to write and to take note taking seriously and to take appointment setting up seriously, then some of the things that we enjoy in a more established church in these days wouldn't be here. And, and secretaries do a lot. So if you're a secretary, go get them and just, jump in. And if you're like, oh man, reports, yeah, reports, <laughs> do it and, uh, and do it well, do it to the best you can figure it out and then open up that spiritual power for your presidency to move forward the work. Well, Skylar, this has been awesome. I really appreciate you being willing to open up and share your experience and perspective. A uh, last question I have for you as you reflect back on all the roles that you fulfilled as a leader, how has being a leader helped you become a better follower of Jesus Christ? I, I think in general, the more involved I am with my callings and my callings have kind of had a, a, a bit of a trend in that it's progressed from where it was just me serving in a calling, say like, you know, as a primary teacher, I don't necessarily have to make assignments to other people. Right now I'm in a position where I do get to interact with others and kind of coordinate with other people. And the more involved I am with callings and trying to lead in whatever way I can, the more aware it makes me of how the Lord is working in other people's lives. It helps me see this, the interactions that the Holy Ghost is having and getting involved with us. You know, there's a ESPN or ABC sports broadcaster, Kirk Herbstreet. And he says this word that drives me nuts or this phrase, and I'm going to say it right now, but whenever the two teams play and one loses, when he talks about the losing team, he's always like, Oh, give them a lot of credit. And I'm like, who cares? They, they wanted to win the game, but 
<laughs> in a lot of ways, we need to give the spirit a lot more credit because there's a, a lot of little miracles happening in our lives. And the more involved with church leadership I've become, the more I see those little things happening. And that's one thing that I really love. And it's almost this self-sustaining cycle, right? That you see it happening, you feel the spirit, you want to serve more, which brings the spirit more, which makes you want to serve more. It It's this really neat revolving door. And, and uh, I feel like in my calling, if there's ever weeks, you know, I feel like I do have weeks where I'm like, I don't know if I really did my job as the Bishop Briggs counselor this week. I feel like my, my week wasn't busy enough. And I found that there's two things I should really ask myself. And the first one is, how's my scripture study been this week? And oftentimes I'll be like, you know what? It could have been better. But when my scripture study is good, I feel like it drives me to serve more and try and minister more. And then I feel much more fulfilled in what I'm doing. So I I love being involved in church leadership. I feel like I'm just kind of on the periphery watching as Bishop and others serve, and it's wonderful to see the Spirit act through them and do wonderful things. And as well as I get to work with the deacons right now, and I watch the Spirit work through these guys as they go about serving and ministering in their unique ways, which are very unique sometimes in the deacons' quorum. But the Spirit works in all these different, unique ways, and it's wonderful to see. And I appreciate being able to observe it from the viewpoint I have right now. And that concludes this How I Lead interview. I hope you enjoyed it. And I would ask you, could you take a minute and drop this link in an email, on social media, in a text, wherever it makes the most sense, and share it with somebody who could relate to this this experience. And this is how we how we develop as leaders, just hearing what the other guy's doing, trying some things out, testing, adjusting for your area. And that's where great leadership's discovered, right? So we would love to have you uh, share this with uh, somebody in this calling or a related calling, and that would be great. And also, if you know somebody, any type of leader, who would be a fantastic guest on the How I Lead segment, uh, reach out to us. Go to leadingsaints.org slash contact. Maybe send this in individual an email, letting them know that you're going to be suggesting their name for this interview. We'll reach out to them. And... Uh, see if we can line them up. So again, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact, and there you can submit all the information and let us know. And maybe they will be on a future How I Lead segment on the Leading Saints podcast. Remember, solve the burden of meetings by visiting leadingsaints.org slash 14 and getting 14 days access to the Meetings with Saints virtual library. It came as a result of the position of leadership which was imposed upon us by the God of heaven who brought forth a restoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when the declaration was made concerning the own and only true and living church upon the face of the earth, we were immediately put in a position of loneliness. The loneliness of leadership from which we cannot shrink nor run away, and to which we must face up with boldness and courage and ability.